Thank you for listening to this recording of Family Bible Church's Sunday morning message. We pray that God will use this word to bless and encourage you. So James chapter 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading from his word this morning. You may be seated. Four weeks ago, as we um, been studying the book of James, we saw Paul, or Paul, James. James began talking about the perfect law of liberty. And in that section, we talked about how the perfect law of liberty was the, the law that Jesus has given for us to love our neighbor as ourselves. The, the greatest commandment is to, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. The second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said then in John 13, that by this all will know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. So the perfect law of liberty, and again, Galatians chapter 5, we saw that in that perfect law of loving one another, that it was that we were given freedom, liberty, from the law, not so that we could serve ourselves, that we could feed our own flesh, but rather that we could, by love, serve one another. And then um, we saw how James then began to apply that concept of the perfect law of liberty in three different areas. First of all, into the loving without partiality, without hypocrisy, that um, if there's someone comes in who's rich, you give them a, a, a better place and you say to the poor, you sit back there. He says, that's not right. He says, and then he slides into this concept then of faith versus works. Remember, we talked about the fact that this is the portion that James almost wasn't canonized along with the rest of the scriptures because of this, that can faith alone save you? And so we would say, yes, yes, it can again. But what he's saying is that, that true faith will produce true works. Faith without works is is dead. It's not, it's not true faith. People can say all they want that they believe, and for 23 years, I believed. I had knowledge. I knew Jesus Christ came to the earth. I knew that he died on the cross. I knew that he was buried. I knew that three days later, he rose from the dead. I knew that he was ascended. I could quote you books of the Bible. Not like quoting the whole books, like Paul and Timothy, but you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, right? And so I could do that stuff, but I didn't know him. There's a difference between intellectual belief and relational belief. And that's what James is trying to get at. And then he slides it into then how this pervades then our tongues, the importance of our words. And so in that section, when he talked about the, the importance of our words, um, he also then went in to talk about then um, that there's no condemnation and that, that uh, teachers would have a stricter judgment. We'll come back to that in a moment. This whole concept then of the application of this, um, the, the application of the perfect law 
Or are we off me? Eddie, we need to be back on me. Thank you. Okay? Is then the perfect law of liberty slides into this perfect uh, way of wisdom. And we're going to see that this same concept then of uh, true faith produces true works is going to be seen not just in the perfect law of liberty, but also in the perfect way of wisdom. And that is depending upon which way of wisdom you choose. That sounds like one. Just again, same thing, like, you know, can faith alone save you? Now we're talking about a perfect way. And, you know, it's like, what do you mean, which way you choose? Because you can choose what? The way which you want to choose to use. So back to Romans 8. Um, when we were talking last week about this concept of um, the importance of words, we start off with um, James 3.1 saying, Be not many teachers, such have the stricter judgment, or remember we talked about the word crino as opposed to the word catacrino, okay? Catacrino is really the word to have a judgment against, which is a condemnation. Crino is just the word to assess, to judge, okay? And so it doesn't say, so like the King James, some other versions will say that be not many teachers because such have the greater condemnation. It doesn't mean a condemnation like going to hell, condemnation, but rather a stricter assessment that we will be held accountable. And so on the flip side of that, we went to Romans 8.1 to see that therefore there is no what? Condemnation, catacrino, to those who are in Christ Jesus. But that passage continues, and it, the importance of that applies to, as we're going into today's message, okay? And that is, so I want to look at Romans 8, verses 1 to 9. So if you have your Bibles, it's probably easier to see than that up there. But if you can see it up there, that's good. I got all the, the colorized part of it up there as well, okay? And so beginning of verse 1, Romans 8, there is now, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation, catacrino, to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the, what? Flesh. But according to the Spirit. Okay? So clearly you're seeing a what? A contrast happening, right? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak, through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You see the contrast? For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds, if you would, on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Are you feeling the weight of that one? Those who are in the flesh, what? Cannot please God. Hebrews 11, verse 6, you know, without faith it is impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he exists and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's these pleasing God verses that are just massive to understand. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. You're feeling the weight? 
Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Sum that up real fast, because we've got to keep, we're going to fly. We Notice there's no, no blanks on your sermon note sheets today, okay? That's because we're flying today, okay? Sum this up real quick. If you are Christ's, if you really are saved, if you don't have intellectual assent, if you have heartfelt belief, you are Christ's. You have the Holy Spirit, and there will be an effect in your life. Do you get it? If there's no effect in your life, if you're walking according to the flesh, you're not his. I didn't say it. He did. Do not be deceived, brethren. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows that also shall he reap. It's a reality, okay? And so when's, with this concept, we need to bring this now into what we're studying in the book of James, okay? Because James is going to talk about these two wisdoms. He's going to talk about worldly wisdom, and he's going to talk about heavenly wisdom, okay? And you'll see again on your sermon note sheet, we're going to spend a lot of time on this worldly wisdom side, and we're going to fly through the heavenly wisdom side, okay? And then this is only part one, because next week we're going to go to the first 12 verses of chapter four and deal with the second part of this, and it is the... the, the, the um, how these two things battle against each other, okay? Um, so today's just a contrast. So, so in this passage in James 3, as, as, as Chuck was re reading, we read about these two different wisdoms, right? We read about the worldly wisdom, we read about the heavenly wisdom. And verse 15 says that this wisdom, the one that he's talked about in verse 14, with the better envy, the self-seeking in your hearts, boasting and, and, and lying against the truth, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is what? Earthly. So the first thing I want to do is talk about the, the, the uh, source, okay? And then we're going to come back to the evidences that whether you're doing this or not, okay? So what's the, what's the source? First of all, it's earthly. It's from the earth. Literally, this is guy, from, Gaios, from Gaia. The, this is the, the world, the earth, okay? And so Philippians, Paul says, brethren, join in my example and note those who walk so as you have us for a pattern for many a walk of whom I told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the what? Enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind, set their mind on, think about what? Earthly things. Earthly things. Those who have in their mind continually set upon earthly things, those back in Romans 8, right? Those who are having as a practice of walking in the flesh, if you would, right? They're enemies of the cross of Christ. Keep that in your craw for next week as we're talking about the friend of, you know, those who are friends of the world are not friends of God. Friends of the world, those who are friends of the world are enemies of God. Again, I'm not teaching this. I mean, I'm teaching it, but it's in God's word, right? And so, who set their mind on earth, earthly things. 1 Corinthians 1, 20-21. Where is the wise? Where is the wisest age? We're going to talk a lot about from 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 3, in this whole passage, in this section here, because Paul talks about the difference between worldly wisdom and, and spiritual wisdom, right? And so here he says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age, of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. The, the Greeks, he says, the Jews seek a sign, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. Sadly, look, I'm, I'm going to be straight, okay? 
the church today struggles, I think, in this area. That we trust in logic. Okay? I'm not opposed to theology. Okay? But theology is the study of God. And we like to compartmentalize God. And we like to put God in a box. It makes us feel a whole lot better when we have our waffle. That's God. And this is, and this is God's holiness. This is God's love. This is God's this. This is God's that. And as long as God stays in his respective little places, we feel pretty good about it. But when God starts taking the syrup and slapping it all over the place, we start getting what? Like this doesn't work very well. I like the word theognosis, but I can't use it because the, the Gnostics took it and they, they've used it. But theognosis is the knowledge of God relational knowledge. You should desire to know God, right? And so when you know God, you realize that the wisdom that you're getting from the world, and we're going to have a couple more verses here, that the wisdom you're getting from the world is what? It's foolishness. It's foolishness. The wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. But the wisdom of God is what? Foolishness to men. Isn't that kind of interesting? Okay. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 to 21. Let no one deceive himself. Does this sound like James? <laughs> Deceiving your own self? Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, Yahweh knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men. That boasting part is, we're, we're going to come back to that as one of the evidences in a moment, okay? Again, the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. Romans 1, 22 to 25, we see this in that the professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, right? Verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. So what does the wisdom of the earth, what does earthly wisdom do? Say it again. It corrupts, okay. It exchanges God for things of this world. Does that make sense? Okay. And so um, in Sunday school, we talked about the, um, how that a challenge to those who struggle with um, alcohol, uh, drugs, porn, is to make yourself realize that every time you participate in those situations, that's exactly what the, um, the um, sex cults, if you would, that's what the false gods did in their temples, right? They would have their orgies. They would have their, their alcohol, their drugs, and they would have their, 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 their porn, their sex things, okay? And every time you go and you participate in that, you really are going to one of those temples. You may not physically be doing it, but you really are. You're going to the temple of Aphrodite, you're going to the temple of Asherah, you're going to the temple of Baal, and you are, and you are celebrating to that god or goddess. And you are offering up a sacrifice, because that's exactly what they would do. They would, they would have their, their times right beside the altars and that kind of stuff, and you're participating in those things. Okay? We as believers like to dumb that down. And we like to bring in the trash of the world into, into the churches, even the facilities, but into the churches, into the body, and, 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 and act like this is okay. It's not okay, okay? So this is talking about clearly in, in our brain, we, we put this to evolution, but, but he's going to come out in Romans 2 and say, so who are you to judge another when you do the same things? We need to be careful. Judge not lest you be what? 
Judge, okay, come bring it back to us. Okay, in the end here on this one, Colossians 2, 6 to 8, says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord so walk in him, rooted him, built up in him, and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Look, this we're the body of Christ. We're not a business of Christ. Does that make sense? This is it's a family. We're not a corporation. I understand that we're incorporated by the laws of Georgia, and that's just for operating purposes. But we don't want to be that. This is a family. This is a body. This is who we are. Does that make sense? And, and if you get rid of all corporations and everything, we'd still be meeting. We'd be meeting in homes. And we'd be the body of Christ. We cannot allow ourselves to be guided by the, the, the foolish principles of the world. Do you get where this is going? Okay. All right. So not only is it just earthly, it's also then sensual. This is the word sikakos. And um, I'm sorry. Yeah, sikakos. And sikakos is of pertaining to um, characterized, controlled by the natural man as opposed to um, the, the, the spiritual man. Now, uh, you have all this. I don't know if you have this part on your, on your sermon note sheets or not. But Again, I don't have time to go into this, but you know I'm, I'm a trichotomist. I believe that the body, we are body, soul, and spirit, okay? That you have the plants, which are body, they eat, they drink, they breathe. You have animals, which have then a soul, they commune with one another. They have the body, they eat, they drink, they breathe. They, they're social, they commune with one another, but they don't worship, okay? You never see them worship. The difference then between animals and men is that men were made in the image and likeness of God. God breathed in us with the breath of life. We have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. In the Greek, that is... It's not sarcos, it's actually soma, soma but um, in, the, in the body realm, we split it. Um, this is my soma, okay, my body. But my flesh, the fleshly side, the desires of it, is the sarcos, okay? So just track with me for a moment. I know it's shing, okay? Stick with me a little bit, okay? So you have the, the sarcos, you have the sikos, the psyche, the psyche, psychology, Okay, the psychology is the study of the psyche. Okay, that's who you are. Then your pneumos, which is your spirit. Okay, so body, soul, spirit, sarcos, psyche, okay, and, and pneumos. Well, now you can be controlled by any one of those. In the Greek, you put an ekos at the end of it, and it means you're controlled by that. So you can be sarkakos, you can be controlled by your flesh, you can be sikakakos, you can be controlled by your mind, if you would, by, your, by this, this realm. You can be pneumatikos. Now, wouldn't that be kind of cool, right? It's because you'd be controlled by your spirit, okay? And so we see this being played out in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and into chapter 3. All, there is a reason, primary reason, this passage is why I'm a tripart, trichotomist, okay? And so you come through this, Paul's talking about this wisdom again, okay? And again, we're talking about, remember, the worldly wisdom, okay? Okay, so don't forget where we're coming at here, worldly wisdom, okay? Now, we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing pneumatikos, spiritual things, with pneumatikos, spiritual things, but the sikakakos man, the man controlled by his psyche, right, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are pneumatikos, discerned. They are spiritually discerned. But he who is pneumatikos 
judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of Yahweh that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And we continue on. We have the mind of Christ right here in verse chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as pneumatikos people, but as to sarkikos, ones who are being led by their flesh. As to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For you are still um, um, sarkikos, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions... Think, get those words, because you're about to, ready to see those in just a moment with the, uh, the evidence of someone who has this kind of wisdom. Where there's envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So what's the point? You have this worldly wisdom, right, that is also then from where? From the psyche, from the soul, which is related to the mind, the nuos, okay? And so that you have those who are led by their spirit, those who are fully led by their flesh, but then you got those who are led by logic, if you would. That's what the, the Greeks, that's what Paul's in this whole passage, you can read 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and 3, he's talking about the Greeks and how they are, they're looking at their logic and they're trying to understand this thing based upon um, their own knowledge, their own understanding, and they can't get it because it's not anthropological, it's theo. Logical. Are you tracking with me? It's not logic of men, it's logic of God. And God's logic is higher than man's logic. His ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are beyond our thoughts. And so man cannot get the wisdom of God, gets foolishness to him. And so, this is talking about individuals. And it says that the one who is trusting in his psyche, if you would, can't get it. We'll never get it. Because it'll be foolishness to him. Because he's trusting in his own psyche rather than in the spirit of God working through his spirit. Are you tracking with me on this? Okay. 1 Corinthians 15, 42, 49. This is kind of fun. Um, because when we get raptured, we get raptured with, from a natural body, a sikakakos body, and we're going to be given a pneumatikos body. We talked about this a little bit in Sunday school, and I said, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. But right now, I have this sikakakos body, which means what? It is by my, within my nature, my old man, to do what? Trust myself. Trust my own logic. Trust my own wisdom. Isn't that what Proverbs 3? Isn't that the admonition? Trust in Yahweh with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. That's the whole big deal. I got to turn away from trusting Bob's logic and Bob's wisdom to trusting God's logic, God's wisdom. But sometimes God's logic and God's wisdom doesn't make sense to me. I'm still waiting for someone to fully explain to me the Trinity. I 100% believe it because God's word declares it. And I believe Yahweh came into the earth, he was incarnate, and that he died on the cross, he became my sins, and he took it away that I might become his righteousness. I can't just, but I can't comprehend it. And I can't comprehend how when he's on the earth and he prays to the Father, and so he's praying to Adonai Yahweh, and I mean, Yahweh's speaking to Yahweh. I don't get it. I mean, how, you know, so the Mormons want to ask me, the Jehovah's Witness want to ask me, I say, yeah, I get it. I don't get it either. But you know what? I know it's true. Because God's word, what? says it. 
I don't have to understand it. It doesn't have to make logical sense to Bob. <laughs> I say that. I want it to. I want it to. I want it to. But it doesn't have to. I just have to accept that it is with God. That's what's hard for people. Jude then says, in the end, he says, in the last days, there's going to be mockers who come. They're going to be walking according to their own ungodly lust. These are sikakakos, who cause what? Divisions. People who are going by their own logic, by their own understanding, will ultimately be divisive. And that's where we get in then to these, um, the evidences in a moment. The third thing, though, real quickly, and this is hard. Not only are they earthly and sensual, but the reality is, if you're trusting in your own, in, the, in the, the things that come from the world, and you're trusting in yourself, it's really demonic. Did you hear it? If you're trusting in the logic of the world, the philosophies, basic philosophies of the world, you're trusting in your own wisdom, it's ultimately demonic. This wisdom comes from demons. That's what he says. You ever wonder why they didn't like this book? Matthew 7.22, literally the word is for demon-like, okay, and it's the only usage of it, and so it's from the word daimonion, which is the, a demonic being. And so we, just to show you what it is, you know, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demonic beings in your name and done all these wonderful things? Jesus said, I'm going I'm to look at them and say, what? Depart from me, you son of lawlessness. I never knew you. So, okay. Matthew 10, 7, 8, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out uh, demonic uh, beings. Freely you receive, freely give. So you have these, these demonic beings. Well, 1 Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, he says, now Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and the teachings. This is the same word that we had in James 3, 1. Okay, be not many teachers, the daskalos, this is the teaching side of it, the daskalia, okay? They, they will follow the teachings of demonic beings, speaking lies and hypocrisy, okay? So you have two ways of taking this. Either demonic teachings or literally the teachings of demons. I find it very, very interesting that in the last 20 years, that has been a major increase in people worrying about the demonic realm, wanting to know all the, the various levels and the, and the hierarchies and the names and, and the battling and stuff like that. You know what? I think if we stick to God's word with what he declares, and, I'm not, and God doesn't ignore them, okay? He says, you know, we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, right? And he goes on and talks about that. But the book of Enoch is not what? It's not canon. It's not part of the Bible, Okay? And, and right now, the ones who want to teach us and push this are, are making the book of Enoch of greater importance than the Bible. Okay? Just, you just got to be careful on it. Okay? I understand that there are, there are uh, Peter and Jude who allude to and quote from the book of Enoch. It was a, a book that was back then. But in the last days, there's going to be this big focus on demonism. Okay? Go through the law, go through the Old Testament, 
it is not for us to go after sorcery and witchcraft and all this kind of stuff. Did it exist back then? It did. Were there demons back then? There were. The witch of Endor used um, necromancy and, and, and had a uh, little seance and brought Samuel up from the ground. I think it was really Samuel that came up and that talked to Saul. I don't think it was just a facade. And I think that's what blew the witch of Endor away. She wasn't expecting it to be really Samuel. She was expecting it to be some demon for impersonating Samuel. But Samuel came and she's like, oh, something big's happening. You're not supposed to mess with it. Stay away from it. It's not for us. Does it exist? It does exist. There's a big dog on the other side of the fence. Yes, he looks really nice. But you go to the other side of the fence and what? It attacks you. Again, maybe I'm naive, but I really believe what God says. Okay? And so if he says stay away, stay away. I didn't once, real quick. I mean, I had a guy in my office, previous church. He was being demon-impressed. My blinds were clicking. Things were moving around my office. We got down to pray, got back up. All the pictures of my family were knocked down on my desk. Okay? I asked God. I said, God, open my eyes up so I can see what I'm fighting against. He says, you're an idiot. I mean, I literally, I, mean, I remember that, that answer right off the bat. You're an idiot. I'm not answering that one. Okay, good. Okay, let's move on. And so, and charge on. Anyways, I get it. This stuff's real, okay? I'm not messing with stuff. This stuff's real, okay? But it's not for us to play with, okay? It's with trusting in the power of God to deal with what God wants us to do. I could keep moving. Okay, the evidences. Bitter envy and self-seeking in the heart, okay? And so Romans 2, 8, 13, 13, 1 Corinthians 3, Paul was talking about how there was going to be strife and, and envying going on um, when, when the wisdom of the world was happening, okay? When people were following the wisdom of the world, there's going to be all this strife and envying and stuff like that. And the, Paul says this then, again, down in Philippians 1. This is kind of fun, from the, from the fun side, okay? And he says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Some indeed preach Christ out of what? Envy and strife, that bitter envy and self-seeking in the heart, exact same words, is right here. Some are even preaching Christ from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing add affliction to my chains, but uh, the latter out of love, knowing I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. Then he continues on in verse 18. What then? Um, oh, I'm, I'm messing up. Christ is preached. Christ is preached, therefore I do rejoice. And he says, in the end, it doesn't matter, even if they're doing it out of envy and strife, what's happening? Christ is preached, and I'm rejoicing for that. They're thinking they're going to add something to me. They're doing it for the wrong reasons. But they're preaching Christ. But they're preaching Christ. Jesus said, if they're not what? Again, us, they're for us. Don't you worry about judging them. This is Luke chapter 9. You can go back and look at it. Okay? I mean, James and John wanted to call down hellfire and brimstone on, and Jesus said, what? That's my job. Leave it alone. If, if they're preaching me, if they're pointing people to me, let them alone. You let them alone. That's my job. We're going to give an account. They'll give an account to me. Okay, we need to get back into my slides, though. Thank you. Okay, boasting and lying against the truth. Okay, so if there is bitter envy and strife, it's going to lead to this, is what he, James says. It's, it's, it, this is how it's going to play out. And you're going to start boasting in, against the truth, and you're going to start lying against the truth. You say, Really? Think about that. Think about the, the guys who are false teachers now who are teaching and, and some of the statements that they're making, and you go, you shake your head and you go, how do you do that? 
Well, if you're taking sensual, or the, the worldly, sensual, demonic wisdom, right, and you want the glory to yourself, okay, that's the, the, the bitter envy and self, self-seeking, right? What's going to happen? You've got to explain away the passages that you don't agree with, okay? And so Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, does anybody know that passage? Who's it about? Satan. Good. That's exactly right. He's lifted himself up. He wanted to be like the most high God. Ezekiel 28, 11 to 19 talks about Satan in the garden as well. And then we come John 8, verse 44 specifically, but you can read the context there. In John 8, 44, Jesus says that Satan is who? The father of lies. He's a, he's a liar. He's been a liar from the beginning. He's a father of lies. Okay, and so we see that all the way then in Matthew or Genesis three. Let's go there first. Genesis three one to seven, where Satan does what? He deceives. He lies, deceives. Now again, you're right. He deceives because he says partial truth. But to God, a lie is a lie is a lie. Does this make sense? And so we like to hide behind deception because I really didn't what lie. I had ninety percent of the truth. If I gave you a nice pure glass of water, you know, thing of water, and I, I watched my, my counterpart, my, my uh, translator in, in Peru do this, and um, if I offered this to you, you'd probably want some, he says, but if I open it up, and then he said, and he took dirt, and he didn't really take the dirt and put it in, but he went like this, and offered and they were like, no, 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 and I heard, saw it all in Spanish, which means I didn't understand it, but I knew by the illustration what he was doing. My illustration that I use is I put a little poop, dog poop in it. Anyways, just a little piece of dog poop. I mean, not a big piece of dog poop, just a little piece of dog poop. You wouldn't even see it when I'm done shaking it, you know? Would you drink it? No. Now, if you didn't know it was in there, you might drink it, okay? But if you saw me do it, you wouldn't want to drink it, right? So how much falseness, how much badness is okay to have in truth? Do you get it? Okay, that's deception, okay? And so that's what Satan does. And so that's what he tried to do to Jesus in Matthew 4, right? But how did Jesus fight against him? God's word. Continue to come at him with God's word, okay? But with this truth, with the truth. That's exactly right, okay? And so Satan was, he's the source of pride and lies, right? And he is the source of the one who's going to what? Fight against, boast against, and lie against the truth. When people do that, who are they being led by? Satan. It kind of makes sense. And so what do they do? They have the suppressing of truth. We already saw that Romans chapter one, that the wrath of God is being poured out on men because they suppress the truth. What may be known of God is in them. They get it. They already got it, but they suppress it. So they don't respond to it. That's of the devil. Um, I want to go back there. There we go. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. These six things, yea, seven, does Yahweh hate, right? What does he hate? He hates lying lips, and he hates sowing discord among the brethren. This is exactly what we're seeing that happens with this worldly wisdom stuff, okay? Because they bring in confusion in all evil pragmas. We'll get to the evil pragmas. You're saying pragmas. We'll get to that moment. Confusion, literally, though, the word confusion here is a-katastasia, a, okay? a Catastasia. Say, well, what's the big with that? Well, ah in the Greek means what? Not. So it's not catastasia. That helps you, doesn't it? Okay. So good. All right. So literally, what it means is not appointed or established. So what do you think um, catastasia means? To be appointed or established. Good job. Okay. So the, the only two times that ah catastasia is being used is right here. Okay. In these two passages, I put down on your ser- on sermon note sheet uh, a lot of ones that 
mean the opposite. So get rid of the ah, and it's just katastasia. So you can see what it means. So it's something that's, that's the foundations are gone. Do you get it? It's unstable. Therefore, it's confusing. So, so the wisdom that's from the world, the wisdom that is earthly, sensual, demonic, is going to breed what? Confusion, because it's going to break up the what? Foundations. There's nothing, there's, it's all shaky. There's nothing for it to be founded upon, okay? And it has all evil pragmas. What's a pragma? Well, a pragma is a practical matter. Pragmatic. That's just pragmatic. Pragmatism, okay? Well, it's just, it's business or practical matters, okay? So not necessarily a bad term. Always, always is being used with a descriptor, so we know what they are, Okay? And so in Matthew 18, verse 19, where two or three are gathered, agreed on earth concerning any what? Any matter, there I am in the midst. Any practical matter. So when we are praying together about any what? Practical matter. Jesus promises he's going to be there. In Luke chapter 1, he declares that he's about ready to give the account of the life of Christ, but he's talking about all the pragma, all the practical things that the church has received and believed. These are all the things, the pragma that have been believed about him. So all the practical things. So these, though, James is talking about, are evil practical things. So I want you to think about it. Why do we have a statement of commitment and accountability in our church? Pragma. Pragma. The Bible doesn't talk about membership. Well, it does. That if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're a member of the body of Christ, right? So we believe that. So we don't really want to have membership. But pragma in this culture declares, because of the, the lawsuits and everything else, pragma in this culture means that we should have something where you've signed it so that when we discipline you out of the church, when you're bad, you can't come back and sue us because you said what? I know what you believe. It's sad, but it's true. It's pragma. Does it make sense? Okay, so pragma is not wrong. But evil pragma is where? It's from, it's from the devil. Does it make sense? Okay. So we need to be what? Seeking the wisdom of God to know what's what. Okay. Now, heavenly wisdom. I told you we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. The source is from above. Colossians tells us that we are to set our mind on things above, right? We're to seek the things which are above and set our mind on the things above and not on the things which are where? Of the earth. This is the Lord's day. Now, I get it. The NFL is playing today, and I get you might care a little bit about some of the scores. But is your mind going to be, the, is, guys, I'm talking specifically to you, okay? Is the weekend literally football? Is it Saturday's all about the NCAA, and Sunday's all about the NFL? If it is, you're setting your mind on the things of the world, not on the things of God. Okay, this is reality. Okay, I don't care which day you're going to choose. Whether you're saying, "Oh, I, I believe it should be Saturday because the, the, it's, it's the Shabbat." Okay, fine, I'm good with that. You can have your Shabbat, and, and I'm, I'm really okay with that. I really am. But make it Shabbat. If you say, "Well, no, no, I think it's the, I'm a Christian because it's the Lord's Day," so that then make it the Lord's Day. Then take some time to set apart to focus on the Lord. You can say, "Well, I'm not under law." Well, that's really good. Don't focus on the Lord at all. It tells me where your focus is at. Think about that. Where is your focus? Where are your desires? What are you yearning for? 
You were raised with Christ. Seek the things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. I know, I'm in the world, but I'm what? I'm not of it. So evidences, there are nine that are on there. It's really 10, but I took the last two and slipped them together with partiality and hypocrisy since we just did that, right? And so, so good lifestyle. We're gonna fly right through these, okay? Literally means in your conduct. So we're told in Peter, he uses the term the most, that we're supposed to be holy in our conduct, going away from what used to be an aimless conduct. So now we are to have a good conduct, okay? Those who are having worldly wisdom are gonna have a good Conduct, a good holy conduct, okay? They're going to be walking in meekness, mildness, humility, meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Kids, key verse, right? But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready. Good job. To do what? Say it out loud. To give a defense. To? To every, no, no. To give a defense to every, do you remember the rest of it? To everyone who? Asks you, ask you a reason. good, keep going, ask you for a reason, ask you a, for, a reason. for the hope, hope that's within you with, good, with meekness and fear, good job, and he can't read yet, all right, so that, <laughs> that makes it better, okay, he wasn't cheating, all right, so, but with meekness and fear, when we're, when we're talking back, when we're, when we're apologeticking with people, we're doing it with what? Tenderness, right? Compassion, okay? Pure, hagnos, clean from hagios. We talked about hagios, to be set apart, right? Okay? We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. We talked about that in Sunday school, okay? And so the reality is, we're looking forward to the day we're going to see Jesus Christ come in the clouds, right? And when we see him, we're going to become like him. And if you believe that, then you're going to have the desire to what? Be just like him. Peaceable. Iranicus, okay, remember that ecos thing? These are people who are what? Pertain, pertaining to, controlled by, um, characterized by peace. And so he sums it up at the very end by saying, now the, right, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who what? Make peace. So the reality is that if you have wisdom that comes from above, so James chapter one, right? You have all these troublesome situations going on and you don't know how to deal with it. What does he say to do? Ask, ask, ask the father of lights, right? Who will give you wisdom because what does he do? He gives to all men liberally, not conservatively. He's a liberal, okay? So, so he gives, aren't you, praise the Lord that he's a liberal when it comes to giving wisdom, right? And he will give you wisdom. And when he gives you wisdom, there will be a what? A peace in your heart. Let nothing be, uh, I'm sorry, um, be anxious for Nothing. With all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God. Into what? In the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's a peace. It just comes, okay, when you ask God for wisdom. It's just there. Gentleness, okay? Again, pertaining to, controlled by, characterized by gentleness. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. If you really believe that God is here with you all the time, you don't have to lose your coal. You can be gentle. Have I lost my coal? I've admitted that multiple times. I get that, okay? But that's when I'm taking my eyes off of God and I'm putting them back on the flesh. Does it make sense? I've got to keep my eyes set on things above. I've got to, I mean, Satan wants to, 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 to make me to lose. I mean, do you guys ever box? 
I know the girls who run the box. Guys, you have a box. You, you want to distract people. You want them to look over here and while they're, for a moment, that moment, you go, bam! You, you get your eyes turned off of the, what, the, what it's all about. Satan loves to do that. He loves to get you distracted. And then he gives you the bam! And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? How did that happen? It's because you took your eyes off of where they're supposed to be. Willing to yield. Good persuasive or persuasion. Okay, again, it's the only time it's used in the New Testament. Okay, but using the two words, breaking them out, it's a good persuasion. Okay, you're persuaded to do good. Okay, full of mercy. God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he served us. That we, knowing the mercy of God, will want to give that to others. Full of good fruits, we know that. And then finally, without partiality and hypocrisy. And so Matthew 22, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that even the world knew when they came to Jesus that he was a teacher of truth and that he was not a respecter of persons. He was not a respecter of men. They knew that. They knew that. And so... We, as his disciples, ought to be exactly that as well. So, in the end, as we consider the evidence of each way of wisdom, which one is revealed by the conduct of your life? Are you really one who is following after earthly, sensual, and yes, therefore, demonic wisdom? I can't lay that, I mean, it's nice if we cut that third one off, right? Because I don't want to think that I'm following after what? Demonic wisdom. But there's, there's, no, there's no blurring the line. There's no gray area, right? It's this or this. It's light, darkness. We talked about it in Sunday school, okay? Are your decisions influenced more by earthly and sensual factors or heavenly and spiritual factors? Are you desiring peace and unity in your life, in the church, in all the events that, that you're involved in? Is there then a need to change the way you think and therefore change the way you act? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we know that you began the good work in us and that you are continuing to perform that good work in us and that it is your desire for us to be conformed to the image of Christ, to be transformed in the renewing of our minds. Lord, instead of wanting to deceive ourselves and to act like some things don't apply to us. Lord, help us to be honest. And the times when we see that you point out to us, Lord, that we are failing, that we are struggling, rather to confess it before you, to change the way we think, to repent, Lord, to come to you, seeking your wisdom, that you might cleanse us, that you might draw us closer to you. Lord, help us to become more like Jesus. Help us to live more like Jesus in this world. Help us to follow your wisdom and not the wisdom of this world. Lord, help us to see that each moment when we're making decisions, when we choose life or we choose death, that we should choose you, we should choose God. God, I know there's so much in your word that I just want to share on us. And so just, I pray that you would help us to, to want to be conformed to you, that the world may know that you exist and that you love them, and that you want to have the relationship with them. In Christ's name we pray, amen.